morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz. It's this week in XR. It's July 16th, 2021. We'll be joined shortly by Josh Weirly, one of the co-founders of Rec Room. We talked about them, uh, I think, two weeks ago, Ted. They are now a bona fide unicorn. They've had a bunch of upgrades this week, so we'll look forward to Josh uh, sharing some of their plans with us. Yeah, and I, I join you this morning from our uh, Viacom CBS offices in fabulous New York City, my first work travel trip in 18 months, uh, where we had a, a bunch of like COVID safe uh, uh, team strategy uh, meetings around technology and innovation. Um, so it was a fun couple of days and uh, I will be heading on a plane soon. So I'm going to miss the interview portion. I'm gonna let you take care of that today. All right, thanks, Ted. Um, so what can you tell us about Viacom's strategic plans that won't get you fired? Um, <laughs> here's, what, here's what I can tell you. The, the um, desire to explore new content horizons, new ideas um, that relate to what television should and will be in the near and far off future has never been stronger and higher. And in fact, some of the news stories we're gonna talk about reflect other companies that are diving into interactive entertainment, um, next-gen entertainment, um, you know, more funding for, for VR things and things like right, that. Well, GenVid, GenVid raised $113 million. It looks like for kind of interactive, streaming interactive game shows. Yeah, and I, I know Cindy Holland just a little bit. She was an ex-Netflix executive, so there's going to be a cross-pollination of our two stories today. Yeah. Um, she and I were uh, both brought into the Variety Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, and uh, in the after event, uh, we talked a little bit, and she had a very genuine interest in things that don't look like traditional television from an entertainment perspective. And we talked a lot because she knew that I was involved in this in a much earlier stage. And lo and behold, two years later, here she, you know, here she pops up after leaving Netflix in a, a new startup that's extraordinarily well-funded uh, and ready to go tackle it. So I look yeah, forward Variety to characterizes her as an advisor to the company. Yeah, yeah. For, for I, I'm curious to see where it goes, like if she ends up joining full-time or taking on a significant role, but she's definitely a force to be reckoned with. She's got serious chops. And, and speaking of Netflix, they're going into cloud gaming, it looks like. Yeah. They, they did some, you know, kind of coy announcements a few months ago, but now they've right. hired an exec uh, who came, comes from EA, comes from Facebook, um, and is taking strategic steps to, you know, understand that Mike there's Verdu a lot more than television out there. What's that? Mike Verdu is the yeah. guy's name. Yeah, so that's a good one. Uh, so, to keep up. I mean, everybody is in cloud gaming. It's crazy. Google, Microsoft, Apple, you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what it's interesting, what you know, what what I can tell you what we're looking at and, and trying to figure out is where does our imprint exist? You know, Viacom CBS has an interesting legacy and an interesting history. And I think just like how television found various veins of success by not just following the leader, by following its own voice. This is what I kind of am interested is what might happen with Netflix, what might happen with this company, GenVid, is, is it all just gonna look like the same six video games over and over again, the adrenaline shooter stuff and the puzzle solving, or will we actually find some new voices and some new ideas uh, that really push out the boundaries uh, and kind of broaden the market a little bit for people that do sort of gaming and stuff. Um, also in the news, we have Resolution Studios, the guys who made Blast On and Angry Birds VR, which, which I highly recommend, by the way, terrific game. They just closed on $25 million uh, in a Series C round, uh, co-led by Qualcomm. So it uh, seems like uh, they're uh, positioning themselves to be bought by Facebook like everybody else. Yep. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one, right? I mean, there's just this never-ending stream of stuff that's happening. And they they created a, a, a VR, a little mini VR sensation with that Dimeo game, right? That people are liking and now they're getting funded, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I did something fun this week. Yeah. I went over to Warner Brothers. They were ostensibly going to show me a, a 5G demo. Um, but uh, the way they did it was by giving me uh, the Harry Potter experience that they're putting into New York. Oh, right. Chaos at Hogwarts. Yes. Um, so I got to do Chaos at Hogwarts. Uh, it's made by Dreamscape. So it feels very much like a Dreamscape experience, but Harry Potter fans are going to go nuts because, you know, you literally like walk through a wall at the station and you're inside of Hogwarts and, you know, there are dragons and creatures and uh, it's great. It's exceedingly well done. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Did they mention when it's going to open in the city? I know it's uh, supposedly this week, I'm told. So even though I wasn't with any of the people who really made the experience, I was there for the 5G guys. And I was like, well, I hate to tell you guys, I really just came for the VR, <laughs> the 5G. I did get them to admit the 5G may take a bit longer than we've been led to believe. You, you broke up when you said, is it open yet? Is it actually open in New York already? Or is it, it, just it, it's supposedly opening this week. This week, great. Yeah. By the way, a lot of news coming out about LBE suddenly surging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pent, there's been a lot of pent up demand, obviously, and um, nobody who goes to location-based VR destinations seems worried in the least about shared headsets. Yeah, I think if they're vaccinated and the headsets are, you know, cleaned properly and stuff, people feel like it's pretty safe and the roaring 20s are back, you know, people yeah. want to get out of their home and they want to do fun stuff. Yeah, that was that was one I wasn't quite sure was going to happen, but you know, uh, it's it certainly there's so many people reporting it now. I'll tell you what, the Harry Potter thing is going to be mobbed. Mm -hmm. no so let's wrap up. I know you got to get going, Ted. Let's wrap up with the ugly truth. It's actually an ugly truth by three New York Times reporters, uh, which has just come out, and it's about uh, Facebook and. Uh, it's built around the revelations of the, you know, 2016 disinformation hacks, which took the company completely by surprise. Mm -hmm. Like it, they didn't ha even have rules about it. It never occurred. I mean, this is again, Facebook, you know, move fast and break things. And a corollary to that is, and pay no attention to those unsightly unintended consequences. But this one really took them by surprise, which is, doesn't surprise me in the least. And I don't blame them for that. Um, but when they found out, their response was, well, we sent a le letter to the FBI. I guess they don't think it's that bad. So let's just keep it kind of quiet. Mm -hmm. And the people who thought they should be yelling their heads off were um, quietly repositioned in the company. and. Um, you know, assigned to, you know, it's like the wire and that cop that got reassigned to the Harbor Patrol because they knew he got seasick. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's um, funny because here's some great news is that it looks like, at least according to ClearPoint, that Oculus is on track to sell 20 million headsets this year. Yeah. It, it That's keeps, crazy. The, the number keeps increasing. I mean, I think you know, as as many of the pundits and people that just thought this thing would never catch on, you and I were not those people. We thought it will catch on. It's going to have its you know various stages of success, and they keep increasing their like projections on how many people want these things. Clearly, it tells us that the right price point and a tether you know a no tether solution 
that has good enough content to sort of see where the future goes. Um, at a few hundred bucks, there's a lot of people that want to play in these worlds and be in these worlds. So we're, you know, maybe we're on to something, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, you know, this first wave, as always, is being driven by uh, gamers. Uh, and then, of course, the things that are really going to be important in VR, which are all the non-game social things, all the things that we do on our PCs that will become spatial. Um, you know, that wave is, is going to come sooner. Um, you know, it's... It, it's um, you know, a little bit like uh, PCs in the home, right? Everybody thought they were for games until the internet came along. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, it's for shopping. It's for communicating. It's for, you know, video. So um, anyway, interesting dichotomy, right? We love Facebook. We love Oculus. Yet some of the things that Facebook does yeah. are perplexing. Like you said, when you move fast and, and run quick, you're going to make mistakes and you have to sometimes yeah. own up to those mistakes and, and you know, own them. Um, I, I think the truth is that Facebook needs to be broken up and social media needs to be regulated by the government, at least when it reaches this kind of scale because of the damage it can do. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think, as I've said before, I know that sounds scary to Facebook executives and shareholders, but I'm telling you, remember the phone company. There would be no internet if they didn't break up Ma Bell. Right. Yeah. So, so I think people have to get over it. And for and those who remember that you and I, as futurists, know it's really more about history than it is about guessing about the future. But we can always look past to predict what is going to happen in the future. Uh, because humans, because humans. Right, because who we are. <laughs> when they say we, we are apes with bombs and guns. Yeah, exactly. And well, for those that, uh, you know, the, the small collective of people that listen to us that haven't seen The Social Dilemma yet on their favorite, you know, streaming service or whatever, where they can find it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. It, it's a good yeah. wake up call uh, for what is really going on behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, the importance of starting to really understand the what's going on with this stuff, you know, and how uh, manipulative it can be. So, um, but on the flip side, like you said, uh, you know, we're very happy that VR is is continuing to expand and grow and, and you know, they have the dollars. Well, and and, with all and again, I mean, there are estimates that these headsets are flying out the door at a loss of two or $300 if you include marketing. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, Facebook has pockets deep enough sort of like what microsoft did with with xbox right they have a big enough valuation to really take that bet and and you know zuckerberg and his his team of execs believe it but i think you know what i what i'll what i'll you know sort of drop into this is because we talked a lot about it a lot this week is you mentioned it a little bit when you talked about all the other stuff that may be coming you know gamers still really have driven the the heart and soul of this thing but we talk a lot about the unintended consequences the the knowledge of what we don't know about how people are going to adopt and use these things outside of the common understanding is really where the growth markets are going to be um, yes, so you're not going to very close on I, because it's got to be something that's native to the media it's not going to be something that we repurposed from you know uh two-dimensional media correct yeah. and i don't think we've really even seen the beginning of that that kind of spatial content movement that that will like um youtube influencers wash over us like a tidal wave well as as legitimate pacifists who call ourselves futurists we are going to look back at the early 2020s you and i are going to have these conversations when we're a little bit even older than we are now and start to look at the era of the 2030s and really be kind of like yeah well remember when it all looked like this and where it all led us to and it's going to have a very similar track 
to the public dynamics of the internet and the internet of things and how we use technology and screens and video chat today, it's gonna have a very similar trajectory that we'll be able to reflect past on. And you know, that's kind of what we do for a living, so. But, but one, and one of the companies that's making that happen is, is Rec Room. So I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that we have Josh Weirly with us today. I'll let you go, Ted, and we'll bring in Josh. Enjoy I'll see you next Friday. Enjoy your conversation. I'm heading All back right. to LA and I'll see you from LA next week. Joshua Worley is here with us today. He is one of the co-founders of Rec Room, as well as its head of design. Is that right, Josh? Did I get that one right? Uh, one of our lead designers. <laughs> and what part of uh, Rec Room um, do you focus on the most, or are you sort of a pan Rec Room designer? I mostly focus on the, the user experience, what it's like to play the game on all of our different platforms. As, uh, you know, as you know, Rec Room started as a VR game and now yeah. it's branched out to all of these different devices. Yeah, I understand. I understand adding iOS and the game consoles has led to some phenomenal growth and has given you guys the ability to raise some serious money. It has, yeah, we've had a really exciting couple of years. Um, 2020, we saw about a 600% uh, growth in user uh, activity, which is incredible. And yeah, a lot of that came from our, our, our new platforms. So since you, since you are the most experienced user, um, tell me what the experience is like on a, a game console versus VR. How spatial is it? How do you accomplish that? Yeah. I mean, obviously people love it, but uh, I, I've never done it myself. So please help explain to me how it works. Absolutely. So when you play Rec Room on a phone or on a console or on your PC, we you can think of it as embodying sort of the, the avatar you would be in VR. It plays sort of like um, a first person. So it's a first person game. point of view, you're not operating an avatar. That's right. You're, you're in first person. You can sort of see your hands. You can grab and interact with things. Um, and and the, the way that I think about it is it's sort of like you're living inside the VR headset of a VR player. Um, we have a phrase we use internally, it's called radically cross-platform. And so the way that we think about Rec Room is it's not, it's not just a cross-platform game. We want it to be the same game, the same content on all these different devices. Um, and so our way of doing that is, is really trying to put players inside the same character with the same sort of capabilities, no matter what device they're on. Um, so in VR, you just have your, your tracked controllers and you can move your hands around. Um, on a controller, you gotta use buttons for those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, as a user of Rec Room myself, one of the things uh, I use it for is I teach VR at Chapman University and I always take my students there and introduce them to how simple it is to make things in the spatial environment, especially with the fantastic tools that, that you guys have built and, and continue to develop. One of the things I ask my students to do is to make a rec room movie. <laughs> you know, where people take a snippet of a movie and then they act it out in rec yeah. room. Yeah. It is um, so much fun and so hilarious. And then you guys have this massive Discord support behind it. How, how important has Discord become to your, um, platform discord is is definitely important uh, it is sort of one piece of our you know community engagement but our community is a huge part of rec room you know we we really do make a lot of decisions and inform a lot of decisions based on conversations with the community and feedback from the community and yeah def absolutely discord is an important part of that we have the luxury by being this sort of social game and platform that we can interact with our community 
in rec room mm -hmm. you know it it's pretty fun to, to hop find into them where they room. are you find them where they are exactly yeah um so rec room recently added a payment system for its makers uh, a little bit like a Ro roblox uh, is it the beginning of a kind of economy inside of Rec Room where people buy things from each other and there are incentives for builders? That's definitely part of how we're thinking about it. Um, so creators, uh, players in Rec Room who make things can choose to sell their creations for, for virtual currency. Um, and for some of those veteran players that have been around for a long time and have accumulated a lot of, of that virtual currency. We, we're, you know, we're dipping our toes into ways to pay them out. So we have our creator compensation program. Um, and you know, a big part of that is, is we think about this as a way to make Rec Room a really good use of time for, mm. for these players who are really invested. You, know, you have players who are spending many, many hours building really compelling content that's valuable yeah. for us, it's valuable for the community. Sure. And we want that to keep happening, right? We want those players to feel like this is worthwhile for them. Okay. Um, do you think we'll ever get to the point where makers will build a space and there'll be some kind of micro transaction to be there? Oh, sorry, I lost you for a second. Um, I, I said, well, I'm, I'm just thinking about how makers will work inside mm -hmm. of Rec Room. Um, I, I just saw this week, I guess you guys put out a release about improved avatars, uh, in particular that can be made, uh, not by Rec Room, but by other users who would uh, presumably, at least some of them, charge for them. Yeah, that's true. We, we definitely want to empower our creators to be able to charge for their creations. And we, we want to, as much as possible, give them the the flexibility and freedom to sort of make what they want. You know, it's their creation in a lot of ways. Now, that being said, we have a code of conduct that's really important uh, for our community and just making sure that Rec Room continues to be this, you know, safe and welcoming environment for, for players from all walks of life, as we like to say. Um, yeah. And so it's not 100% open season, but yeah. the way that we think about it is we try to set you know, a good example for the way we want the community to run with our content that we produce. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that creators can't be creative. So, you know, uh, we don't want to make a game that is pay to win, for example, that, that a player could choose to, right. to spend right. currency and, and just beat other players. Um, and we you know that's not the kind of community that or, or kind of content we want to have in the sure. community, but creators can, can explore whatever works for their room because it's it's their room let's talk about this you know everybody is buzzing about this word metaverse mm. uh, probably probably because uh, epic games last billion dollar raise was supposedly for the um, explicit purpose of, of building out their metaverse. What does metaverse even mean? And is it like, we used to say in the 90s, cyberspace, before people started talking about the internet. We also, there was a phrase from the mid 90s, cyberspace was made more specific by the World Wide Web. We didn't even say the internet. Sure. So is the metaverse cyberspace? Is it something we're going to call something else? Or does it mean that, you know, there's this giant inoperable interoperable uh, spatial world that, that is as yet unbuilt. 
I can give you my personal. Yeah, yeah. Answer. We're just, you know, I, just two yeah. friends chatting it up here. So I, I'm not going to put out a press release and say <laughs> that Rec Room says this. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, I think that the metaverse is about creating virtual spaces where the experience is so compelling that you you remember your your interactions in your time in really the same way that you remember and reflect on your real life experiences that your ability to interact with other people is is so human and compelling that it is you know nearly as good as a real life interaction um and and so whether that's all brought together by a single connected ecosystem maybe maybe not but but i really think of it as sort of this evolution of of the internet of going from sort of abstract digital communications messages and photos that are sort of static to videos to truly immersive real-time interactions where you know when when you're teaching your class in in rec room that probably feels much more like teaching a class in person than it does teaching a class on a, a message board or a forum or something, you have this extra layer of connection. Well, I mean, the competition is Zoom. Sure, yeah, for sure. Um, and we go, and the answer is we go back and forth. Mm, yeah. And nobody wants to be in a headset really for more than an hour. They're not comfortable enough yet. They're yeah. hot, air doesn't circulate through them. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you have heat management issues within the headset, especially sure. as a glasses wearer, you know, yeah. that you're doing heat management constantly. Sure. So, the, you know, we're not real the form factor yet. In my opinion about the metaverse is it's, it's an interesting topic. Um, it is more like talking about snow crash versus ready player one that it really is talking about what spatial computing is today sure um, in in those novels there were uh, the one thing that they had in common was there was a, a unified avatar system mm -hmm. so that you know my avatar could go any place i have my backpack with my costumes and my props and my virtual money and my smartphone all, all the things that i would have in one form or another in real life. So that to me was the unifying element in both of those books. But we still don't know how our AR and VR are gonna to work together, right? In Snow Crash, they were blended together. In Ready Player One, the VR world is distinct from reality. So uh, very different approaches, uh, similar ideas, right? But it is rather premature. Metaverses as we understand them today with their unified avatar systems seem to be uh, rooted in their existing platforms, right? So Rec, Rec Room has very distinctive avatars, which, you know, as I said earlier, you're improving, which is great. And I think that that's sort of the natural evolution, right? Everybody's avatars are gonna keep improving. Sure. Um, you know, we see, uh, of course, VR chat is entirely about avatars, right? That entire virtual world or metaverse, if you will, um, you know, is dependent on, uh, you know, people changing avatars constantly. That's what yeah, you do there. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I, I think we've seen that, you know, the rec room avatars are simple and, and hopefully charming, but sort of abstract and, it's been. Yeah, I mean, so are the ones in alt space. I mean, let's face it, sure. none of them are real. I wish we didn't have this word virtual reality because mm -hmm. it really is simulated reality. 
And sure. I think a lot of people get into VR for the first time and they're like, wait, what? I'm in a video game. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's been really cool for me to see, though, is it, it, while it may be simulated reality, it is real connections. And I keep mm. going back to that sort of social aspect of the, mm. the relationships you build with people, the conversations you have with them, the it's memories. It's kind of that a social network, right? It, yeah. You know, Second Life was the first social network, if you will. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, in this case, I, I think that part of why many of these apps can can have these sort of abstract avatars is that the human really comes through and it's the human that we connect with and the and more even so than the the digital representation of ourselves um and so you know kind of going back to to the what i was saying about the metaverse i think that that to me feels like the really new and and compelling thing that we've been seeing over the last couple of years is you can have these very human interactions and relationships and you know we have players that have been married and met playing rec room they've built not just a relationship but a lifelong meaningful one um, but there are a lot of people growing up on rec for sure yeah so well that's really exciting for you guys you just had a massive raise of um you know at 80 million dollars something like that and your valuation yeah, 100 million for a 1.25 billion valuation yeah that's fantastic yeah um you guys have come a long way since 2016 when uh, yeah. i was first playing ping pong on rec room using pcbr um but uh but congratulations on all that hey, thank uh, you so much is uh at parting thoughts uh on rec room what do you want our, our i think all of our listeners probably have access to vr and game consoles um so where should we send them at Rec Room? What are you most excited about? Um, obviously, you've evolved so far beyond paintball. So uh, next time I go into Rec Room, what should I be looking for? You should check out some of the amazing content made by the community. In particular, we just shipped uh, the full body costumes like we were sort of talking about earlier. And yeah. all those came out just a few days ago. And within hours, there were already all kinds of hilarious and compelling outfits that were available on our invention store. So I encourage your listeners to go check that out try on some fun outfits and yeah well we know it's a big deal in in um vr chat people love uh collecting avatars and um you know having different styles that they can use in different situations to suit their mood or the context for sure and, and you know when we've seen how we've heard from our community how much they appreciate and value all of the kinds of outfit items that they can purchase in the game their hats and shirts and stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah yeah, you Definitely can spend agree. a long time browsing around the store. There, so. Yeah, there's a lot uh, in there now. There's a, there's a lot to do in Rec Room. So congrats and continued success. Uh, can't wait to see how Rec Room continues to evolve. Uh, and I'm sure whatever the metaverse is, Rec Room will have an important role in it. Hey, thanks so much, Charlie. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah.